what is going on? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Get the Ball Rolling. Yet another wonderful weekend that we are, uh, you know, able to talk about. A little bit of football going on, a little bit of basketball action as well. And, of course, all of the breaking news that we love in the XFL, in the college football realm and in the college basketball realm maybe we'll talk a little bit about that but uh i'm here with you guys today super excited to be here and uh really enjoying everything that uh happened this weekend now I do have to apologize. Uh, number one, uh, this daylight savings thing is for the birds. I don't know about you guys, but uh, you know, yeah, we switched Saturday night, but Sunday I, I sleep in. I'm like, you know what? I dig it. I want to sleep in, get my rest, wake up, take on the day. Doesn't matter if I sleep in till 10 because I don't have anywhere to go until around noon. So I'm good. So then uh, Monday rolls around and uh, I have a class at uh, 7 in the morning. And uh, well, I'm up at 7. I actually had to be there at, I think it's 7.15. So I roll out of bed on, you know, on that morning and and uh i'm like you know uh mondays hey mondays but we always kind of get that monday you know mood in our head and and we don't really care we're like you know what it's monday uh i guess this is a, an acceptable uh excuse but today is now tuesday and i am dragging but i i don't know what is going on uh i'm a reasonable guy i'm in bed around 8 30 uh, i know that sounds kind of crazy but you know what i if i do not get my eight hours of sleep i am not a very good happy camper i don't know why but i i i just cannot figure this out i do like it however that it is lighter uh, at night because uh, i don't know why i like it dark in the morning that's when it, i in my mind i imagine it to be dark and then at night you know what if it goes until you know seven eight o'clock at night when it's still bright i'm okay with it i am okay but anyway enough about that let's get on let's move on with it and let's hope that uh we never have to uh you know spring forward ever again and we say on this time thank you legislation all right so what a wonderful weekend in the xfl now we are halfway through we've made it halfway and uh a lot of people are, are starting to uh talk about you know at its conception, what what is the XFL? How how is it going to be able to uh, maintain itself not only through this season but through the rest of the season? Uh, I've read actually a lot of I don't, I wouldn't say anti literature, but I was able to read a lot. You know, uh, of uh, I I'm, I'm in business, so I read a lot of business uh, websites. You know, Forbes, Business Insider, uh, you know entrepreneur all those kinds of websites and stuff even the, the you know the, the new york times uh the wall street journal i read a lot and they've talked about the xfl and why they don't think that'll work but i want to counter their argument that i really do think this this idea is going to work at its conception uh we've made it through five weeks and last time i had checked uh i i read an article uh I believe it was on CBS. I, I would have to quote my source. But regardless, I read an article that said that no XFL game through week four had dropped over a million in viewership. Now, that is incredible because, I mean, you think about it. Yeah, the Clippers-Lakers are going to pull somewhat of a crowd. But 
for the most part, you know, the the Jazz against the Raptors, I don't think it pulled that many people uh, to watch the game. Now, obviously, uh, consumption is at a different level in the NBA, that being, uh, of course, highlights and stuff like that on, on social media. But as far as watching the game, it's not really watched. The XFL is doing good, and it, it, it really is a sleeping giant. Now, let's hope that the, X, and the NFL doesn't come into the XFL and just poach all of our players. Now, I'm not saying don't live your dream and stuff, but we need somebody, uh, you know, to stay, to kind of be the face of the league, per se, if you want to say that. Now, the NFL works because there is no face, but the NBA, if there's no face of the league, it does not work. If you look at the 70s before Magic and Bird, it really was much of nothing. Magic and Bird saved it, they became the faces, and it's been kind of passing uh, from person to person. Now, you'd say, well, early 2000s, yeah, we had Kobe, but, you know, was he the face of the league quite yet after Jordan had retired? I don't know. And uh, the NBA ratings definitely dropped in the early 2000s. And now, you know, basketball is more popular than what it's ever been because we had the Warriors. We have LeBron James. We have storylines. And uh, so we got to make somebody the face of the XFL. And uh, you know what? The, the, the Houston Roughnecks are doing just that. What a wonderful game they played. It was so entertaining, uh, that game against Seattle, not just because I haven't missed a Dragons game yet, a lot of the time, uh, my wife will let me watch one game uh, a day, so I usually end up having to, you know, read about it and and uh, read the play-by-play. I like to go through, you know, first down, they ran the play three yards, you know, and then what happened, I, I go through that usually on the second game, uh, but in this case, we were uh, able to watch it super excited but anyway uh that was such a good game and i am grateful for the opportunity to to have been able to watch it It was it was uh, definitely in my opinion the game of the week uh the seattle dragons are if you want to call it a sleeping dragon uh i think they played so much better under dj uh bj daniels i mean night and day I mean, we're talking night and day uh, than than what uh, well uh, Brandon Silvers was playing, and I think BJ Daniels with his uh, his charisma and his leadership will lead him on. You know, yeah, PJ Walker only had a passer rating of 104. Uh, he did throw two interceptions, but uh, we're going to give him a little bit of a break because he's still leading an undefeated team. The Guardians did beat the Renegades. Now, I did take the Renegades in this. Uh, I haven't heard any update on the Landry Jones situation. Uh, I've texted a couple people uh down in dallas i actually you know i have a couple people down there uh around the media and i said hey you know you guys i mean you guys are huge sports fans have you heard anything about landry jones i think they're kind of keeping it a little quiet uh i don't know the severity of the injury hopefully he comes back uh soon right i mean we gotta we need him to to be just as uh Effective and and obviously right now uh, Nilsson and Dunbar are not are not doing that. The Battle Hawks did lose to the Defenders. Now uh, I mean there's been a lot of craze around the Battle Hawks, uh, and and I'm one of them, and I still think they're the second best. I don't. I mean Jordan Tamu he played all right. He didn't have any touchdowns. He only threw. I mean he threw for 174, but no touchdowns. So it was kind of a, a lackluster game, uh, more of a defensive game. I just didn't ever feel like the the Battle Hawks got going, uh, and the defenders i mean cardell jones they finally benched him which was probably the smartest thing that they could have done but again a series of breaks and stuff like that 
things go a little bit different. The the Battle Hawks would have won. And then uh, LA had to come storming back, uh, being down to the Vipers. They came back and they won again at home. I did I, I do like Cornelius at the helm. Uh, obviously, I don't know what's going on with Aaron Murray with him being out, but I do like Tyler Cornelius uh, leading the Vipers, and I think they're going to be kind of a sleeper going forward. So we're through five weeks, and, and you know, you can look at the standings, you know, defenders and, and uh, the... The Battle Hawks, you know, Guardians, and then the Vipers, and then in the West you got the Roughnecks, uh, you have the Renegades, you have the the Wildcats, and you have the Vipers. Now, I think uh, until the Renegades get Landry Jones back, I think they're going to struggle. They have not won a game at home yet, but they've won. They're undefeated on the road, so that's something to be watching as we go forward. I think Houston's kind of the runaway favorite now. Uh, I, this is where the Dragons need to strike. If they can get a couple of wins... Uh, we can get a couple of wins. I mean, I say we because we're fans. Uh, against the Wildcats, kind of sweep them. Still a game in Dallas. Hopefully, Landry Jones isn't back. They're the second best. They're the second team in the West. Uh, kind of mapping it out. Wildcats would have to beat the Renegades. Obviously, beat the Dragons a couple times. They're, they become the second team uh, in the West. And then in the East, I think it's going to be the Defenders and the, the Battle Hawks. I mean, I know I'm not going to put in a lot of stock of the Battle Hawks losing on the road. St. Louis is the only uh, crowd that, you know, they've had to open up the upper deck. Uh, obviously, I think they'll eventually do it in Seattle just because of the capacity in which they have. But then, yeah, the coronavirus in Seattle, so I don't really know what, what, what that could be. But we'll give you guys our predictions through week five. Again, uh, n really interesting Nobody's out of it, really. I think the Vipers came on strong the last two weeks and uh, are going to give uh, you know the Guardians a headache. I think uh, you know them going down to Tampa. I think it's going to be tough uh, for a couple of these teams. So let's let's pull up the schedule for this next week, uh, week week number six, and this is going to be kind of the push. I think the ones that play well this week are going to separate themselves. Six and seven. So. I want to do an analogy for you guys. Uh, hang hang with me tight before I give you guys our predictions. In track, I'm a track runner. I don't know how many of you are, but in track, there they have you know the 3,200 meters, the two mile, eight times around the uh, around the track. Now, I. Uh, I absolutely love the two mile, but it is a really tactical race. Now you're not gonna you're gonna think what two mile is this endurance? Really, at any time, the higher you get up in in competition, you realize you're basically just sprinting the entire time, and uh, it can be fun. And I love the two mile, but you know, uh, if you go too hard on the first mile, so the first four laps, 400 meters, right? If you go too hard that first 1600 meters, you usually can't finish that second mile because you're like, you know what? I exhausted myself for the first 800 meters, the first half mile of the race. Now I'm stuck in wind. I pull through for a decent mile and then I end up, you know, dropping 30, 40 seconds into that second mile. Now, if you go too slow at the first, uh, and then you end up storming, you know, I mean, we're talking, you know, you start off at maybe a, a six minute mile when you really should be running like a 440 mile. You're, you're definitely not going to be able to catch up ground mainly because you're, you know, halfway through you're kind of fatigued uh even though you might be focused on on a, on a goal or or a certain time that you want to hit it's gonna be a lot harder if you start up slow so you got to have this balance of being able to run fast but still maintain your endurance so you don't burn out but if you were to talk to uh distance runners and and me being a distance runner they would say that really the six you know Five, fifth lap is important going through the mile to maintain 
but that sixth and seventh lap are the most crucial laps of the race. Uh, if you do not perform well, that sixth and seventh lap, if you went too hard at the first, then you're going to be sucking air. If you're waiting for a big kick that last half mile, lap number six is not going to be good, and you're not going to be able to finish because you're saving way too much. So it's a balance. And I think that, you know what, right now, I know that's a 10-lap, I mean, if we're going 10 weeks, uh, right now we're in that fifth lap going into the sixth lap of the season. And if these teams that make their move that say, you know what, I'm going, I want to maintain what I have. I'm not going to push it too hard. I want to have a good finish, but I'm going to push it just enough where I, where I'm able to hit my marks, maintain what I'm, I'm going through, get a new PR. That's the teams that we're going to see it. The pressure is going to be ratcheting up a little bit. It's going to be just like a, you know, a washcloth as you squeeze out the water is right before the big twist. We're, we're starting to get it. And you got to give it your all right here because the teams that separate themselves, the Battlehawks go 2-0, the Renegades go 2-0, Renegades are 7-0, and no, or the, the Roughnecks, I'm sorry, I always mix that team up. The Roughnecks are 7-0. They don't really need to worry about anything. They're like, you know what? We're going to be into the playoffs. Even if we lose the last three, which would not be ideal, but if we lose the last three, eh, good, not great, but we're going to be into the playoffs. Uh, we can beat anybody in the West, and uh, we'll be setting ourselves up for the championship game. In the East is going to be even more important because I really think, I mean, in the West, you can make an argument, but I really think that the East is a lot more parity-driven outside of, and, and I know this is against, you know, they lost this week, but outside of the Battlehawks, you know, Battlehawks at home, nobody's going to win in the East. Uh, I really see the Battlehawks winning out, going 8-2 and two and calling in a season. We might have a, a sneaker, but really that's how I see what is going to happen with the Battlehawks. It's going to be your Wildcats, you know, your Renegades, your Dragons. Dragons are sitting at 1-4. and four. They got to win out. They win out, they go 6-4, and four, and hopefully they get in. This is when they've got to turn up because the, 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 the pack is starting to leave them. With the Wildcats, you've got to, you know, suppress the 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 drive of the Dragons, and you got to make sure that you end up passing the Renegades. The Roughnecks look like they've, you know, they're they're a way far better runner. They're way out in front. We're not going to catch them. We're just going to be chasing that second spot. And the defenders, you got to be defending, quote unquote, right? Your your home field, you cannot lose at home, uh, even against the West teams. And uh, I mean, they did beat the Dragons, but you got to maintain your home field. And then you got to go into St. Louis, which I don't think is going to happen. But you got to make sure that New York and Tampa Bay just beat each other up, and they're just at the bottom, and they just end up losing that's what you got to be focusing on so i mean i know that uh you're not all runners and, and it might not all make a hundred percent sense but that's how i see it this is where we need to do the big push because the teams that do it the teams that go two and zero over the next two weeks are going to set themselves up for success you, you go two and zero, three and zero. you don't have to even worry about the last two weeks of the season because you've taken care of it these are the weeks to do it uh we're halfway through the season we're at that mile mark so uh Actually, we're going to step aside here, uh, do a quick uh, break. We're going to bring you back. We'll give our predictions, and then we'll talk a little bit more, uh, hopefully, of college football news and stuff. Obviously, college basketball, because I find something that is really funny uh, going forward. All right, stick with us after the break. Take it away, trumpets.
All right, now we're bringing it back. Uh, I was just uh, spending a little time during the break there uh, thinking about this. Man, I really wish anytime I went anywhere, I just had this awesome music to walk around to. Could you imagine, like, don't you see, like, a bunch of trumpeters, like, walking in or, or you know, with the saxophone as you walk into class or you walk into the supermarket, everyone would, would look over at you. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry, that's just what I uh, was thinking about. So, I look at this. I want to give our predictions. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts going forward into this, uh, the the second part of this uh, podcast. Wonderful to be here at Get the Ball Rolling. We love you. We love our fans, and we love everything that we've been able to accomplish this year, and we're looking forward to next year. Uh, our, I guess our fiscal year is ending here in April, so we're trying to uh, you know, make as, make the most of it. Uh, once when we start <clears throat> at the end of April, once again into the 2021 season, I, I guess I can officially call it the start of that, uh, we will you know, bring be bringing our coaches back on. We'll be talking more college football, doing a little bit more predictions. Cannot wait. Uh, but thank you guys for the support. We love it. Love you guys here. Get the ball rolling. So uh, here are our predictions now uh the xfl another wonderful week don't get me wrong i love it and uh, i'm excited to watch it uh, i'm actually going to be uh, in northern utah uh, this next weekend uh you know my friend is getting married just a quick trip going up seeing him get married coming back down uh to beautiful st george uh it has actually spring break for us so i am excited uh to you know, spend some time down here in the sun. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with St. George, it is a beautiful city. Uh, the Red Rock down here in, in St. George, we're only around two hours from Vegas, so probably be going down to Vegas, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, watching a lot of uh, college basketball, obviously, and uh, maybe I might get a little wild and uh, go down uh, at the end of it and, you know, try to see like an XFL game or something. I, I've been waiting to see uh, the LA Wildcats take on the Dragons. Maybe I had to wait a little bit while. Anyway, so that's kind of what we're talking about going forward. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, meet with a couple of people, and uh, you guys can see us. And uh, you know, be sure to follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Get Rolling Nineteen on Twitter uh, to for all of the latest updates. All right, so here are our predictions for the week number uh, six of the XFL season. So we have uh, game number one, and this is the first time that the Dragons are not playing on Saturday uh, in that early slot. I don't know why they how they always get the early slot. I guess they might have played, uh, but they always played on Saturday. But uh, we have the Roughnecks at the Guardians. Now, I want to be taking the Roughnecks. Uh, I think the Guardians are our surging team. Now, their wins have been against a Dallas team that uh, was lacking Landry Jones. And uh, their win before that was the Wildcats at MetLife Stadium uh, when they had to travel across, you know, the the country to get there. I mean, we're talking sea to shining sea, right? And they only won by three points. Now, the, the Wildcats are good. Uh, but uh, I think the the Roughnecks are going to win. Uh, you're coming from the Central Time Zone, so you know you're only going over to uh, you're only going over. You're only you know losing an hour, I guess is what you would say. Uh, it is going to be cold, of course, and uh, Houston is you know used to that warm weather and stuff like that. But I, I really do believe that uh, the the Roughnecks will go up there, rough them up, and uh, again. This is where the good teams need to surge. This is where I'm going to put my money on them. They're 5-0. and They don't really have to worry about I mean, if they lost this game, you know, no harm, no foul. You're still up 5-1 on the rest of the league. You're the only undefeated team in the league. But I think they'll get it. Uh, the Guardians, you know, 
they gotta they gotta steal a couple of games uh, to 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 put themselves in front of the defenders, and it's going to be interesting as this kind of as the season kind of rolls on. So I'm gonna be taking the Roughnecks. Uh, the second game on Saturday we have the Battle Hawks at the Vipers. Uh, I'm gonna be taking the Battle Hawks. Of course, I love the Battle Hawks. I again, I think they're the second best team in this league. Uh, the Vipers, however, are kind of a surging team. Uh, I just don't think they're going to be able to beat. Uh, they're going to be able to beat St. Louis. If they do, that would be incredible. Uh, you know, they would have to win a couple more tough games to get back into contention. Uh, the Vipers kind of feeling, you know, them and the Dragons feel like it's a really long shot, but it starts this week with the Vipers. I like the way they played the last two weeks with Tyler Cornelius, uh, but I'm going to be taking the Battle Hawks in this game. Now we have the Renegades at the Defenders. As long as Landry Jones is out, I'm betting against the, the Renegades. I'll be taking the Defenders. Now, uh, I think it's funny that uh, people are finally starting to come around to the idea that Cardell Jones isn't who he says he is or isn't who he really is and the hype around him is not what it should be uh, I mean I did get in trouble I did uh, liken Tua to Cardell Jones and uh, my friend uh, Jeff from Slinging the Pill kind of called me on it but I really think that's just how it is I said you know what you have a tremendous line in college you step in nobody knows who you are you win the national championship. Why didn't he make it in the NFL? Now we'll see. I mean, the jury's still out on Tua, and I think he's a little bit better uh, of a talent. But we'll see what's going to be what's going to happen going forward. But no, really, I genuinely believe that uh, the Cardell Jones. There's nothing special about him. Once the jury's out on him, once when they do it, he can't adapt. Now everybody has bad games, but this guy, he has like amazing game the first week, and he's been pretty mediocre uh the rest of the time but i mean i i'm just tyler i'm, I'm just talking about this all right so i'm gonna be taking the defenders in this game uh uh we'll see you know obviously quarterback play going forward will be important i think the defenders is a good team i think their defense is good i just don't like their quarterback play and now that they've changed it they benched him Man, this is a legit team. Obviously, they beat the, the Battle Hawks. We'll see what happens going forward. And then the final game of the week, we have the Wildcats at the Dragons. Now, uh, I don't know what's going on with the coronavirus and, and, and all of that, um, you know, hysteria, if you want to call it that. But, I mean, it's a, it's a real threat. And Seattle is kind of the epicenter, uh, them in New York and uh, the United States for that. So we'll see what happens with this game. I haven't heard anything about the coronavirus going forward with, you know, Seattle and everything. Uh, so we'll see if it continues to be played in Seattle. I don't know, uh, but we'll. See, I guess we'll see on Sunday. I'm going to be taking the Dragons. Dragons don't lose at home. I mean, I know they have lost at home, but uh, they play well at home. They play so much better at home than what they do on the road. The, the I feel like they're in every single flipping game, and then they just can't finish. I think BJ Daniels is going to provide the maturity to help them finish, and uh, I like it. I like the I like the the Dragons' defense uh, really a lot, and them in Houston, I think, have really good defense in St. Louis as well, and uh, I I don't think the Wildcats are going to be able to go up to rainy Seattle and get the win. So I'm going to take my drags, put my drag goggles on. Let's go drags. Uh, anyway, so those are our predictions. And now we're going to be moving on. So let's kind of hit gears, switch it up a little bit right now. Okay, now we're back. Now, just kidding. I wasn't going to go on break and stuff. I'm just messing with you. So we're going to switch up some gears and stuff. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, 
I don't hate on fans or, or, or on or on teams or anything. I just want to tell you what I see and what I believe. And uh, there's certain fan. I want to start with this, right? There's certain fans that uh, I mean, I, I just can't help it, but just be like, guys, you're missing the point now. Part of it's even me, uh, you know, as a Michigan fan. Uh, my dad is a Michigan fan, so I've always been, you know, told to believe that Michigan is going to beat Ohio State every single year. And, you know, in the last decade, Michigan's won one time. So, yeah, I fall victim to this as a fan, but as as an analyst, as I sit back and I watch, you know, college football and I watch these fans and stuff like that, there's a lot of trends that happen. Now you're now not only trends like you know trends in uh, you know sports like football where you know oh you know they win one lose one but no I'm talking trends as a fan base and I think this is really funny and and part of it is that I live in Utah and so I'm around this fan base a lot more uh, but I see it and and I just feel bad and that's for the BYU Cougars listen fans and stuff you know Zach. Uh, and, and Nick and and Thomas, I love you guys, and and I know you guys are big fans of the show and stuff. But oh, the, terrible! I mean, I'm sorry. The fans at BYU, it is the same story every single year. I don't mean that to be rude, uh, but in football, what did I say at the beginning of the year? Oh, man, this Tyler Wilson kid, he's going to be the best. He's going to be Heisman. He's going to be better than Taysom. Oh, man, better than Beck, better than Young. Next, next everything. He's going to be Mr. Wonderful. And what, what happened? Oh, my goodness. We had a rotating door at quarterback for the BYU Cougars this year. They very well underperformed and it's going to happen again next year because it is the the, the curse of of BYU but that's just the way uh it is but uh I step my I step aside and I know that college basketball is coming out it is so hard to follow college basketball that's why I mean I love it I watch a lot of college basketball but I don't talk a lot about it because it's so hard and I don't think you guys really want me to be talking about you know when I watch Northeastern uh play Hosfra in the regular season that that's not something you guys are really going to be drawn to I'm sorry you got to talk a little bit more about the you know bigger names bigger teams draw a little bit more crowd I mean if you want me to talk about Northeastern in Hospra, be my guest. Send me a message on, on, on Twitter, right? Slide into my DMs. But uh, as it's currently constructed, I, I don't think uh, I'm going to be talking a lot of college basketball. But, you know, I, I, watched, the, I watched a little bit of the BYU-Gonzaga game it was on, uh, my wife was, uh, was at home. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I want to see, see what's up. Watch a little bit of it and BYU ends up winning. And then all the media outlets in Utah freak i mean i genuinely thought it was football season again man byu is this the next jimmer could we have another repeat of the jimmer season now true jimmer was good and and there's nothing to take it away from him but he was like a freak and a phenom the entire year but we nobody was talking about byu basketball until they beat gonzaga and I told my father, I said, you know, I think it's really funny. You know, they're going in as the number two seed. I think it might have been the first time in the WCC that they went in as the number two seed. I want to have to fact check myself. But they're they're always, you know, third fiddle behind St. Mary's uh, and, you know, the Gales and the Zags. And everyone's talking about it, you know. 
could BYU make the Final Four? Now, I'm not ruling that out. Your guess is as good as mine because, quite frankly, the tournament is all about matchups and it is so hard, so hard to determine the matchups. That's why we've never had a perfect bracket. And that's why, you know, on the rarest of occasions, a 16 beats a one seed. Really extremely hard. Anyway, but that besides the point. We had this mass hysteria that, you know, BYU is, you know, their, their basketball team was amazing and stuff. And it was the same as football. And what happened last night? They lost to St. Mary's by one point. True. They played well by one point, but they still lost. I woke up this morning and I started laughing and I called my wife. And I said, Megan, I have been right all along. BYU fans, you need to accept who you are. Don't be, don't, I mean, you don't have to send me, you know, those messages and say that I'm a hater. I'm not a hater as an analyst, as a fan, and I am dressed up in my University of Utah gear. Yes, I am a hater, if you want to call it that, but I'm a hater of a lot of teams because I have a lot of different shirts then, if you want to say that. But as an analyst and on the show, I want to be as impartial as I can. But when it happens year after year after year, and I continue to see the same thing happening ever since I was all of like five years old and I started talking about this with my family, uh, my mom and dad and, and my brother, and I started telling my dad, look, this is what's going to happen and he didn't believe me. I mean, there's a few years where they'll get them, you'll get a win, you can't suppress it for, for, for you know, eternity, but forever, right? But, uh, but this is what just happens. So I am sorry, BYU fans, but what happens in football is the same story in basketball. Now, BYU fans, have no fear. Because you guys are some of the most passionate fans. Go cheer on your men's volleyball team because they are legit. Hey, if I can, if that pulls me to, to TV uh, screen to watch men BYU men's volleyball, you know they're good. So own it. Own cross country. Own track and field. Own men's volleyball. And and I know there's other sports. I mean, I know that you know girls soccer uh, is good too there, and there's other sports around it, but. In the headlines that I hear, that's what I hear about. And and obviously, I'm plugged in into the track community and stuff. But you know what? Own it right now. Everyone, own it. But football and basketball, accept who you are. Basketball, I don't know if you're going to be able to make the tournament with a loss to St. Mary's. I mean, there's been a lot of other losses and a lot of top teams lose. So I would say that, that BYU is going to get a bid. I hope they get a bid because I want to see where the committee seeds them. Uh, but if not, the NIT is always a good bracket. Now you'd say, you know, University of Utah hasn't played really well. True. Uh, it is very true. We have not played uh, up to standard with uh, of what we'd want to be at the University of Utah. But that's, you know what, it is what it is. Anyway, I just wanted to I just wanted to lead with that. I'm not a hater. I don't hate teams as an analyst, as a fan, and I'm in the midst of everything. I'm gonna be yelling. I'm gonna be just like you guys. But as an analyst, you know what? I'm just gonna sit back. Now you would say that that uh, you know the fans are are the jury and the the analysts are the judges. So I've just ruled. That's what I saw. I analyzed it. Sorry. Anyway, I know it. Uh, I just thought it was kind of funny. Uh, we talked about it in football season. If you didn't listen to it, you can go back and listen to the BYU podcast on the same, you know, outlets that you're listening to this. But uh, just kind of thought it was funny uh, that I, I continue to tell people this. And I'm not saying don't be a fan, but, you know, accept who you are, period. All right. Case in point. Moving on. Uh, finally, we're going to uh, finish off with this. I am scared for the Florida Gators and not scared 
for the Florida Gators, I guess, as much as I'm scared of the Florida Gators. I'm starting to kind of formulate my, you know, who's going to be good this season, who's going to be, you know, going up, who's going to be going down, and I really think there's a hole in the SEC, and no one's going to be talking about it. I think that the Florida Gators are going to be the favorites. What? Are you kidding me? You're going to go against Georgia? You're going to go against Alabama and LSU and Auburn? Even though I am a huge Auburn fan, go go, go, go Tigers, right? I guess I could say it like Ed Orgeron, but I'm not an you know, LSU Tigers Auburn Tigers. But no, I really think this Florida team is scary. And you know what? We talked about it. Uh, I don't even know when, but uh, when Felipe Franks got hurt, you know, I was, I was, I was, you know, what's going to happen with Trask? You know, is he legit? What, what, what is going to be going on? They're the sneaker. And I really think they could be somewhat like LSU, but don't tell anyone. That's going to be our secret. All right. So listen there. That is our prediction, right? Don't tell anyone the secret. But I really think that Kyle Trask and the Florida Gators, Dan Mullen, have a chance to not only win the SEC East, but win the SEC in overall. And I really think they are a shot to make the college football playoff. Now, this is so preliminary. And you're going to go, Tyler, they haven't even had spring practice. Just kind of got that feeling. Looking at the schedule, I'm like, you know what? I, I can break it down. Uh right now and uh well let's look at their schedule all right so i just pulled it up now let's break it down right uh we got to break it down this schedule break it down now yo all right so we start off uh florida i know this again really preliminary but we have uh their their spring game is april 18th they start off with eastern washington at home as much as i love the fcs i don't think they're going to lose that game so we'll give them a win they play Kentucky at home. Now, Kentucky didn't have as good a season as what they have in the past. Uh, they usually play Florida really well, but I want to give them the win. They have South Alabama. Win. Kind of a tough game here at Knoxville at Tennessee. I haven't really dissected that Tennessee team. But if I was, you know, being, you know, what I'm probably going to tell you in August, I'm going to go with a win. Kind of the like, you know, first impression, but we'll break it down a little bit more. And then you say, okay, well, they play South Carolina. South Carolina didn't play extremely well last year. They did sneak one against Georgia, uh, but I'm going to go with a win against South Carolina. Oh, wait, they're home against LSU. Huh. Well, LSU just lost their offensive coordinator, and they just lost their quarterback, which they're probably going to do, go back to what they were being LSU before, so 9-3, and 10-2. and two. But it's at home, so I'm going to go with LSU. Now, Ole Miss, well, you know, we have the lane train. However, I think that uh, Dan Mullen plays really well. You know, he coaches really well against Lane Kiffin. And uh, Lane Kiffin's first year, winning is Ole Miss. Now, you do have Georgia, and it's in Jacksonville. Oh, wait, yeah, it is in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. I want to go with an upset here. Then, after at Vandy, home against Mizzou, which Mizzou obviously underachieved last year. I think they'll be better uh, with Elijah Drinkwitz, but I, uh, Elijah Drinkwitz, but I think that it will be an interesting game there. But I think they win. Oh, wait, New, New Mexico State. Oh, yeah, they're going to win that one at Florida State. Now, Mike Norvell is a great coach, but. I think that Florida has the potential of going undefeated. They do not play Auburn. They do not play Alabama unless they play them in the championship game. Look, this Florida Gators team is scary. 
the jury's out. I told you guys my first prediction. We're going to be talking about it a lot throughout the year. I'm excited. Hopefully, um, I made contact down there in uh, Gainesville. Hopefully, we can pull on you know, a sports writer, hopefully a coach, maybe a player, whatever. We'll be working our butts off, but I'm really high on Florida going forward this year. I think this team could be legit. All right. So that is our, uh, you know, podcast here. A uh, wonderful time talking to you guys. Uh, continue to support us. Tell your family, tell your friends about us. Uh, we love to grow our audience and uh, let us know what you think. Be sure to talk to us, uh, obviously, uh, on Twitter at GetRolling19. You'll find us on Facebook and Instagram as well uh, if you're fans. So choose your social media. I do have one uh, uh, video on YouTube. You can give it a look. It's just one of the podcasts. Uh, we'll uh, find out uh, if that is a successful avenue uh, of using it, just kind of making it kind of cool, kind of, you know, whatever, but uh, making it cool. So make sure to, uh, you know, follow us. Let us know what we're doing. We're not afraid of uh, to pull you guys on uh, on the air. We have the equipment to do so, so let's bring it on. I did have a couple people reach out. However, they did not want to come on air. I was a little bummed. So, fans, don't be afraid. Call us up. We will bring you on. Alright, so this has been Get the Ball Rolling. Until next week, which will be a spring break. Uh, you know, chilling. Taking, you know, maybe I'll go down to Vegas. Hopefully I can still make a, a podcast, but maybe I'll be in Vegas when I'm making that podcast. Anyway, uh, stay tuned for all news and updates on our social media feeds. We love you guys. Have a wonderful week and keep the ball rolling. 